With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another episode of THN on the O. As always, I'm your host, Tony Ferrari. With me today is Brock Otten. How you doing today, Brock? Good, Tony. How you doing, man? Not too bad. Excited for this episode. We've got my buddy Jordan Millett on to talk about the OHL draft. Uh, before we get to everything, though, I want to encourage everyone to make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe on any of the podcast platforms you're listening on. We are on our own feed now, so make sure you're checking out THN on the O on Spotify, Apple Music, and wherever you're at. But let's get to our three stars, get that out of the way. Starting with Brant Clark, had a big week this week, 11 points in three games, five goals for the defender from Barry. What would you like about his game and, and just kind of quick take on him? I mean, the, his season has been incredible. And I know we obviously had high expectations for him coming back to the OHL. But, I mean, I looked it up. Yeah, okay, he has the highest point-per-game average of any player in the OHL currently at 1.97. So he's almost that two-per-game Maybe he hits that with the remaining games. Um, but in the history of the OHL among defensemen, only Brian Fogarty, which is largely considered to be maybe the best season any defender at the CHL level has ever had. Um, Brian Fogarty's 1989 season was 2.58. He's the only defenseman in OHL history to get over two points per game um, as, uh, as a defender. And Brant Clark is right there, currently second at 1.97. So it's a it's a pretty legendary year that he's having. I mean, we're talking about him almost every week as part of this three stars for a reason. Yeah, Brant Clark's been wicked for the uh, for the Barry Colts this year. The way he's been able to come in and just dominate, it, it shows why he was in the NHL for as long as he was and why he was a, a player that the Kings valued and, and debated on not sending back at the time. So he definitely deserves to be in our three stars. Moving on to Braden Bowman with the Guelph Storm. Three goals, seven assists for 10 points in three games. What's your take on his game? Yeah, he's another guy that's appeared on our on our list or on our radar the last month or so. He's, he's having a really good end of the year. I feel like he's gotten better as the season's gone on, and I think he's given himself a really good chance to be selected at the draft this year. He's, he's a big body who's sort of improved his skill and, and his seating, and I think the results are, are speaking for themselves. And to finish things off, we have Liam Stutzka from the Peterborough Peets. Goaltender had two wins this week, 947 save percentage, and won eight six goals against average. He also filled in at the end of another game, didn't let in a goal in that game either. What's kind of been your take on his game? He's kind of helping the Peets stay into things and, and be competitive as of late. Yeah, Michael Simpson's been, you know, a little bit erratic, a little bit inconsistent to, to close out the regular season here. And he's been a pretty reliable backup all year for the Peets. And they really needed him to, to step up and step in and, and earn some wins because they're still sort of in a dogfight for that middle area of the Eastern Conference. And they want to go into the playoffs riding a high. And I think that's really important to try to earn that first round uh, home ice advantage as well. Yeah, anytime you're going in and you don't really have your goalie situation set, you want a goalie to really step up and take the take a hold of the reins as you go into the playoffs. So Maybe that's what we're seeing now. It'll, it'll be interesting to kind of gauge what Peter Rowe is doing as we go forward towards the end of the season with only just a few games left in the OHL calendar. But with that 
case, that means the OHL draft is right around the calendar and the OHL Cup is right, right next week, if I'm not mistaken. So let's get Jordan Millette in here to kind of go over some of the players, teams, and, and things to watch for at the OHL Cup. All right. And joining us now on the pod is Jordan Millette from Puck Preps. How are you doing today, Jordan? Good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. Let's kick things off by just introducing yourself a bit. What do you do at Puck Preps? What's your role and kind of what's gone into the coverage of the OHL draft this year? Yeah, so I've been spearheading the OHL draft content at Puck Preps, um, focusing on all the major tournaments, all the some league play. Um, so there's coverage on from the Toronto Titans tournament to the Whippy Silver Stick to Toronto Marlboros to now the OMHA Championships was just a big one. And um, so really just building a draft list from scratch since September. So it's been quite the project I've been working on. There's I don't know, like 80 teams in the province for one person to go and watch. So it's been it's been a big challenge, but it's been a lot of fun getting to know this group and um, building a list from scratch for myself. And hopefully at the end of the day, at, at, on draft day, I can say, OK, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in the right range on some players and not uh, not totally in left field. So it's, it's been a fun project. I think the best place to probably start would be just a simple question about the strength of this year's OHL draft crop. Do you think it's a strong group, mid group? What would you say? It's tough to say as like my first time really through this. Like I was, I've always been familiar with the Ottawa group having coached in this area, but not knowing like the full Toronto sphere of how things look. But I would say at the top end, there's like three ish potential, like really big difference makers that you can get in the draft. And then after that, like three or four really good pieces that you could get. And then after that, it, it opens up to more like complimentary players. You can get some talented players at the end of the first round, but I don't know if they're going to be like, I don't want to say franchise changing, but they're going to be good guys to compliment who you already have. So it looks like a strong group. I'm pretty excited about some of the players, but yeah, it's tough to say like compared to last year, it's better or stronger being my first year through it. But there is a lot of fun players that I'm really excited about. Now the OHL cups right around the corner, pitting the top U16 triple A teams from around Ontario up against each other. What do you kind of think of the tournament? Do you have a couple favorites heading into it? Yeah, as always, I mean, the easy one is the Toronto Marlboros. Uh, they've won many of the tournaments this year. They have three players in my top 10 on my rankings right now, led by obviously Will Moore is the big one on that team. Um, but they're they're a really fun team. Like they, they're really deep, have a lot of skill in their lineup, and they're just really fun to watch. Like their power play is unbelievable. Like they can just move the puck around and just score almost at will. So that's probably my favorite team to watch. Um, after that, I would say the close runner up is the Halton Hurricanes who um, are a lot more up-tempo. Like they have a lot of speed in their lineup and will will really push pace through guys like Tyler Hopkins and uh, Matt Schaefer who are really, really good skaters and will will kill you on um, with their skating ability. But they're, they're also a fun team to watch and I'd say one of the other favorites. Um, can you give us like a few sort of under the radar, maybe fun teams to look at for, for the OHL Cup? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say if you're like a fan of a team and want to get a grasp of who your teammate pick in the first round, I would say watch the Toronto Junior Canadians, watch the London Junior Knights, watch the York Simcoe Express. All those teams have multiple players in my first, second round. So those are really fun teams. The Peterborough Peets just had a fantastic weekend at the OMHA Championships. They have players in my second round, um, but they're a really deep, fun, skilled team as well. So there's a lot of talent to go around, I think on my top 80, like 60 or so will be in present at the OHL cup. So there's a lot of players to watch and it'll be a fun weekend of hockey for sure. Now you mentioned that about 60 of the top 80 that you have will be at the tournament. 
Is there anybody that's not going to be at the tournament that you think maybe deserves the stage that the OHL Cup provides? <laughs> that's a little bit of a, a, a loaded question at the moment. Um, there's a lot of debate in the Ottawa area right now about our hockey, um, minor hockey changing a little bit. But I would say that's the obvious one of the Ottawa crop of kids who play in the U18 system rather than the U18 and U8, U16. Um, they're unable to attend. So we can't have a team from Ottawa qualify for the OHL Cup. The Northern Ontario area is able to field an all-star team. I'm not certain why the Ottawa area isn't able to do the same. That's been something that's been discussed over the past couple of weeks. So the Ottawa area kids are the ones to me that are kind of the ones left out. Um, there's a few players on my list that won't be in attendance. Like Lane Sim obviously is, isn't able to attend. Um, he's out in Nova Scotia and he's following in his brother's footsteps and opting for the OHL draft rather than the, the Q draft. Um, other than that, I think Mason Goodfellow might be the only one on the Kingston Junior Gales. But really, the majority of my list will be there. And the only guys I think that are missing out is the Ottawa crop who, for reasons, they are unable to attend. So that's that's always tough. And you'd like to see those kids be on that stage of the OHL Cup. Now, I know we were talking earlier in one of our group chats, and you'd mentioned the changes to the Ottawa situation. So kind of, can you give us a quick overview of what changes may be coming for that that region? Um, yeah, so for the past eight seasons, we've been operating under a U18 feeder system. So the CCHL has, um, each has a AAA system, which encompasses the U16 and U18 program. So the minor and major midget age groups are all together into one, one team underneath the CCHL umbrella as a sort of feeder or farm system. Um, it's been a little bit controversial over the past couple while of, if people like it, if people don't like it, um, the big knock is that you can't attend the big high profile tournaments because you are like a split age group. You don't So the, the first year kids miss out on, on that experience. But, um, I, I coach in that league. I, uh, there's a lot of pros to it as well. Um, but that's kind of what's going on right now. So they're going back to the old system of at U16, there will be like the East Ontario wild, the auto 67s, the auto Valley Titans, like those teams are coming back at the U16 level, which, um, they'll be able to attend like the Marlboros tournament and the Whippy Silver Stick. Now, let's start with the player that's many perceived to be the top player of the OHL draft this year, Ryan Rubrick. Can you kind of give us a quick overview of his game? Yeah, so he's he's an interesting one. Um, <laughs> sorry, my dog's barking in the background. But uh, I think from like from the blue line in, he's one of the most talented players. Like the shot is OHL caliber already. Um <laughs> The, the physical attributes are tremendous. Like he's able to use his reach, use his size, cut in that way and generate um, through those physical advantages. So I think there's a really interesting player there where he's so physically developed and so ahead of his peers that like he's going to transition to the OHL really well. And it's just how far will those physical elements take him is kind of the question mark. Um, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a very OH, very good OHL player, but I don't know, like, is he going to be an OHL superstar? I don't know, but I think there's a very sure thing of a very talented player that will compete at the OHL level. We had Matthew Schaefer on the, the podcast a couple of weeks ago uh, of the Halton Hurricanes, like you already mentioned. Um, he's obviously the top defenseman available, but where would you sort of slot him in in the overall pecking order with Rubric, with guys like William Moore? Um, and maybe can you tell people just a little bit about his game from your perspective? Yeah, so I would have never thought that someone would challenge Rubric at number one and let alone a defenseman, but I think Matt Schaefer's right there and Will Moore. Like, they're both, that that whole trio is right um, in, like, couldn't go any way for me. I think at the moment I have it 
rubric more Schaefer, but I don't think that's how I'm going to end up after the OHL Cup. I'm kind of leaning a different way. I just I don't want to make a change on my list and then change it back after the OHL Cup. Um, but Matt Schaefer is just like a tremendous skater, so evasive, is able to just transition the puck effort, effortlessly from the defensive end to the offensive zone and just create so many chances that way. So I think just the skating ability with him is like, out of the world, out of this world, like not even close. Like even at the Canada Winter Games, was the best skater, most involved player, and was just dominating. So, like if you're looking for a defenseman, I think he's the easy choice at number one um, because the, the just the, the physical skating and um, the puck skills are all there to be like a top end defenseman at the OHL level. Um, yeah, and just to sort of put you on the spot, um, if Niagara ends up winning the draft lottery. Could you see them going Schaefer over Rubrik just because, one, they just dealt Rubrik's brother, um, so I don't know what the relationship would be like there with the family. Two, uh, Matthew's older brother, Johnny, played several years with the Ice Dogs, so there's some familiarity there, and obviously he's talented enough too. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I, I try to not think about, like, will a player report here or not. Like, that's not really what I'm trying to do. Just evaluate the player as a hockey player, but it's very possible that even outside of these like extra curricular sort of reasons, like Matt Schaefer could make sense at one, regardless of like his brother being traded from Niagara and like all these things considered like Schaefer could just be the best player available to a team. I think is not outlandish to say ahead of rubric. So yeah, it's very possible. Yeah. You gave us a peek at your list and as it stands, could you give us a quick, uh, quick thought on a few of the other big names Uh, guys like maybe Brady Martin to start? Yeah, uh, Brady Martin, I think he, similar to Rubrik, is very offensively gifted. Like, hands through the, uh, like, are insane. His shot is, like, again, similar. Like, OHL caliber can just rip some one-timers from the boards, from distance, and score from all those um, awkward angles. But he's not the pastiest player, I would say, but he makes up for that in, like, intensity and work ethic. Like, he's really persistent, where he may not have the top-end speed or the top-end um like pace in his game but he definitely makes up for that in work ethic and is a very strong like two-way player that way but like the offensive skills are are very high end and he's a he's a really fun player uh what about william moore you've already sort of lightly touched on him but uh he's definitely one of the bigger names available yeah so another interesting case of will he come to the ohl will he go to the ntdp but um i think with more his what he's good at is so unique like he is the best at just entering the zone with control, putting the puck in a place just out of reach of the defense, making them cut one way and just slipping it underneath them to his teammate who's open. It's kind of, it's like Jaden Perome a bit of like just that ability to enter the zone and really pick apart a defense is just such a unique skill um, that really makes me interested in Will Moore. And of course, like he has the puck skills, he can attack the middle himself, but just that playmaking ability I think is, is, is really unique in this class. And just just to confirm, he's playing in the GTHL playoffs and not at the NDTP camp, correct? Yes, Even though he's yeah. on the roster. Yeah, so he was listed as an invite. Um, for a bit, I thought he was just finishing out the semifinal series and then would go to the NTDB camp, but he is still there as of last night. He played in GTHL finals game one. So he has stuck around. Um, it was kind of a will he show up or will he not? So who knows? Um, what's going on if he's asked for special exemption to continue in the playoffs or what it is. But yeah, he's currently playing in the OHL playoffs. 
Now let's get to a guy like Owen Griffin from your Simcoe Express. What do you think about his game? Yeah, I think this is where, like, after that big three of more Schaefer rubric, um, it's where it kind of opens up into guys who may not project as, like, huge play drivers or huge, like, first-line centers, but they'll be very good, like, complementary players at the OHL level. Like, Owen Griffin and Tyler Hopkins, to me, are very similar, I think. Um, Owen Griffin is a little bit more methodical and creative rather than Hopkins, who's pure speed, but they're both very valuable, like, two-way centermen who drive play through the middle of the ice. And that's very valuable. So Owen Griffin to me is, has some great puck skills, is able to transition the puck through the offensive zone and create in the offensive zone and Tyler Hopkins similarly, but it does it through his speed and is able to burn guys wide. So I think with them, you're maybe getting like a second line center at the OHL level, but still like a very good player at that level. And um, they drive play through the middle of the ice. So that's very valuable. Yeah, I was going to ask you actually about Hopkins next, but you definitely just touched on him. So, so what about uh, Lev Katzen? Um, I know he signed a tender uh, in the USHL, but obviously still gets drafted at some point. Um, yeah. So can you tell us about his game? So yeah, he may slip, who knows? Um, but he, I would say he's probably the most exciting player in the class. Um, the most, like the one that would make the fans like, like cheer in the stands of what, what he does on the ice. Like, to me, he's one of the players where if a defense like a defenseman gives him like an inch of separation, he'll take that and run with it and just make you pay for just giving him that little second of separation. Like he'll be completely covered and then dangle his way out of the pressure and just can create something out of nothing. And it's it's very exciting when he does it. And um, like for a time, like after the silver stick, I thought of having it much higher on my list. But other guys have played really well down the stretch and he's remained at, I think, seven right now. But um, still a very fun player. Definitely, I would say exciting is the right word with him. All right, moving on. To, you got the three guys at the end of the end of your top ten that you gave us: uh, Ethan Weir, Tanner Lamb, and Tyus Stark. Can you kind of give us a little bit of a, a breakdown in their games? Yeah. So Ethan Weir, I think, is a little bit of the wild card in this group. A lot of the guys, I think, create themselves. But what make Weir so good is that he like creates for other people. Like he is probably the best complimentary player in this group where he's a very good like one-touch passer, knows how long to keep the puck, move the puck to rubric, and then rubric finishes. So um, yes, he's skilled in his own way, but just that ability to be that the guy who makes everybody around him better, like a really good puck manager and just is able to distribute the puck to where it needs to go and people create around him. So that's another one of those guys who I said with William Moore is just very unique in what he's really good at. So that's, again, if you have a guy that, can make his line mates better and distribute the puck to them. Like that's a very valuable player to have as like a first line winger, a second line winger, whatever it may be. But um, that's a very unique player. The next one you said was Tanner Lamb, um, another Halton Hurricanes who, again, similar to Lev Katzen is very exciting. He didn't, I didn't find he played his best over this past weekend at the OMHA championships, but I think he's almost like a, I would say like roadrunner like of, he can just explode and turn on a dime and make guys, miss him very easily he's very evasive and the puck skills are are kind of through the roof so i may be a little little bit higher on him than most and he may go a bit later but i think the potential is pretty crazy there and it's a it's a home run swing for sure so at like the 10th pick of the draft it may be a little early but for me i'm making those (laughs) i'm making those home run swings for a guy who could be a difference maker and the last one was matthias stark another toronto marlboros um i think with him he's the most like well-rounded player like there's nothing he's exceptional at, but there's nothing he's deficient in. Like everything about him is above average and making him that 
well-rounded, secure pick of he can play through the middle ice, he can play on the penalty kill, he can play on the power play, he can contribute offensively. There's something really he can't do. Um, I guess the question is, like, how will it translate to the OHL? But I think there's a very a surefire player there. So um, it's it's an interesting group of 10. They're all very different in their own way. And I think whichever way you go, you'll end up with with a very good player. And it's just a matter of what you need. Now, obviously, you're projecting for the OHL. It's a, a different thing than projecting for the NHL. But asking you the impossible at this point, <laughs> is there a guy that you kind of picture being a, a potential top NHL prospect in, in a couple of years? It's it's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> like we're talking about what they look like in two years from now and then projecting beyond that. Jordan, um, they're 15. You should know by now. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I don't want to say this kid's going to make the NHL and crush his <laughs> dreams, but I think Matt Schaefer's like skating ability really sets him apart of, I think there's a foundation where he'll be a very good player in two years and will draw the eyes of NHL teams. Um, as for guys we haven't talked about, I really like Luca Romano, the Toronto Junior Canadians. I think there's echoes of what I liked in David Goyette in him of just a very smart player, um, always prioritizes managing the puck, can evade and can protect the puck really well not as explosive as david but i think that can improve um and david was what a third round pick so not not a top top end guy if you're asking me to pick who's going to be a first rounder but um there's similarities him i think with david goyette that outside of the 10 we've already talked about he's one that i think maybe draws nhl attention in two years but yeah it's a tough one like <laughs> outside of schaefer who would be the next couple of defensemen that people should look out for at ohl cup or, or for the draft uh, so the next one on my list was Quinn Beauchene. He is with the Nepean Raiders. He will not be present because he's from the Ottawa crop. Um, really, really dynamic, really skilled puck moving defenseman. But I'll talk more about guys who will be present. Um, I thought Ryland Singh had an amazing weekend at the OMHA Championships from the York Simcoe Express. I have him in the early second round right now, but I think I'll be bumping him up. Um, he's just, he plays like... With the puck on his stick, he plays exactly how I want a defenseman to play. Like every time he touches it, he's trying to move the puck to the middle of the ice, trying to spot a teammate in the slot. Like there's no real low danger or uncontrolled plays with him. Just everything is so methodical and he's trying to push the puck to the middle of the ice. And I think he's a really fun player to watch. Um, and then on the Marlies, there's Luke Dragasica, who a little bit more of a stable puck moving defenseman can play physical, um, a bigger body who can, yeah, the physical aspects are there. Um, he can move the puck well, he can skate well. Um, I don't know if the upside is similar to Rylan Singh, but there is a foundation there for like a solid top four defenseman. So it is a little bit of a weaker class for defenseman, I would say. Like it drops off after Schaefer. Um, the next few guys definitely don't have the same upside as Schaefer, but there are some top four kind of puck moving defenseman options earlier in that first, second round. Okay, so what about netminders? What about goaltenders? <laughs> who, are the, who are the top couple of goaltenders then? Uh, yeah, so goaltending is not <laughs> my expertise, that's for sure. I would say um, Jack Vankovic stole the show at the Canada Winter Games from the Mississauga Senators. He, I don't know, if you haven't if you haven't watched the Canada Winter Games, like go watch the overtime. Um, the two goalies stood on their heads and it was a lot of fun. Three on three overtime for like 30 minutes. Uh, Jack was outstanding and saved like almost every, well, everything that they, they won in overtime. Um, I've seen him shut out the Marlies in the Toronto Titans tournament final. So he's he's definitely up there. I would say probably the first goalie to be taken. Um, after that, I know Jaden Nelson was also on Team Ontario. He's a strong goalie from the Toronto Marlboros. Um, 
Isaac Gravel from the Southern Tier Admirals just had a fantastic weekend at the OMHA Championships. I think he had like a 960 save percentage or something after f- over five games, something something ridiculous. So I would say he is up there as well. Um, I, I can't remember his name, but I know the York Simcoe Express have a good goaltender, but <laughs> goalies, we don't have goalies on our list. I'm not a goalie expert, but I know there is a few that probably will go in the second round and there is some goaltenders to watch. So that's goaltenders are your thing if your team looking for a goalie there is goalies available now before we get you out of here jordan i want to get your prediction for the ohl cup who do you think takes on the trophy uh i mean the, the marley's is like the the easy one to say um but if i want to go for an outside team i think i'll say i'll say the peterborough peets i think they they have a lot of it, it's probably unlikely they'll win but they have a lot of skill and they just had a fantastic OHA championship so I'll, I'll make a riskier bet and say them, but it is, I, I would say the Marlies of the Halton Hurricanes will be in the finals. Um, but if I want to be better odds and better return on my money, maybe the Peterborough Peets um, will take it home. But yeah, I would say the Marlies. All right, Jordan, we really appreciate you doing this. Plug some stuff. Where can people find your work and where should people look for you on Twitter and stuff? Uh, yeah. So everything's at puck preps. There's, Plenty of reports on players from October to now of all these players I've talked about many times. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jordan Millette, and that's where I'll say when I've written something or watched something. So, yeah, you can go follow me there, and you can see all the work that I'm putting out on this OHL draft class. Thank you very much, Jordan. We really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. We thank Jordan Millette again from Puck Preps. Make sure to follow him in Puck Preps for all the OHL draft coverage. What was your first, biggest takeaway from that interview, Brock? Well, I think the big one would be just the high praise for Matthew Schaefer. He's somebody that I've seen live now. We had him on the podcast, and I think Jordan nailed it. I, I think he's somebody who deserves to be in consideration for first overall over uh, Rurbeck, as good as Rurbeck is. I think that Schaefer looks the part of a really dominant OHL defender and, and somebody who's going to have a really long and prosperous OHL career for his, you know, three or four years, however long he ends up staying in the league. Um, I doubt a player of his caliber ends up spending five, Um, but he's somebody who's really, really, really impressive. And um, it was nice to, to hear that I'm not a little bit crazy for thinking that I might take him over Rubrica at this point, having seen a little bit of both of them. Um, I think the other thing, too, is just interesting to hear his, his perspective on the whole Ottawa situation. It's, it's always been something that I never really understood as well. I mean, the Northern Ontario area can put together an all-star team as part of an NOHA. Why, why can't Ottawa, right? Yes, the players are playing at the U18 level, but so are those Northern Ontario players, right? And this is something that is that is hurting these Ottawa HEO-based players that they're not able to go to the OHL Cup and or, or other tournaments over the year as well, right? Um, and that's why they're looking at changing this. And I think that's for for the best. I think it's going to be great moving forward to have those players sort of back in the loop in, in these major tournaments and at the OHL Cup. Yeah, I think it was really interesting to kind of hear his take on the fact that although coming into the year especially, but as the year's gone on, everyone's kind of looked at Rubric as the guy that's clearly the number one hearing him kind of talk about how it may be Schaefer. It may even be William Moore that are starting to push for that top spot. It's always interesting when you have a little bit of controversy at the top, a little bit of debate as to who really should go. And it's always fun to kind of get a take, get his take on a a guy like Tristan Lamb or anything going forward. Cause 
this is such a fun time of year. Every team drafting thinks they're the smartest team in the room. Like he mentioned, there's the politics that play into it as well. Willie report here or there. It's, it's, it's all really interesting. The OHL draft is always a fun time of the year. So it's good to kind of kick off our coverage with, with an interview with Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to have him back on again as we get closer to the OHL draft after uh, the OHL Cup uh, concludes. All right, now let's move on to our NHL draft spotlight thing, talking about drafts. This, this week we're covering right winger from the Flint Firebirds, Colson Petrie, six foot one, one seventy two, born December twenty, December thirteenth, sorry, two thousand four. A later birthday in the draft year, he's got twenty four goals and thirty four assists for fifty eight points in fifty seven games, forty penalty minutes, and he's a plus nineteen on the year. He's ranked in the late second, early third round on a lot of boards. What's kind of your initial take on the guy? Yeah, I really like Petrie. I liked him last year. I like him this year. I think he's flying under the radar a little bit. I think a lot of those late birthday guys tend to fly under the radar. I think people underrate them just because they look at them being slightly older, slightly more experienced, having an extra year in the league and and kind of uh, not write them off. But um, it's almost like they have to earn it just that little bit more than those players who are not late birthdays. Right. And I don't know if that should be the case because I remember reading a study, I don't know who did it, but there was a study that somebody did either last year or the year before that looked at the success of some of those higher ranked, not necessarily the entire draft, but some of those higher ranked late birthday kids. Um, And they actually were hitting higher than the ones who were not late birthdays. So I think it's just as a general idea we probably shouldn't be overlooking a lot of these guys the way that we do and and petrie is somebody who i think has an easy route to being an nhl player i think he plays a very pro style pro ready kind of game he's already a solid two-way player uh, already a physical player already good on the far check makes really quick decisions with the puck Um, it's not on a stick for very long really good playmaker for the sort of power forward kind of game that he plays already pretty good skater i think that area is going to have to improve even further, but I wouldn't say it's a weakness at all. Um, just a really well-rounded player who I think has a chance to have a really long NHL career, sort of playing through the middle six, kind of like a, a Jason Sucker type or a Nick Foligno or, or, you know, depending on how the physicality translates to the pro level, somebody in that vein, if you will. Yeah, I think that one of the biggest things I noticed about him is we always talk about physicality on the show and I've mentioned functional physicality a number of times. It's great if you can hit somebody, but if you're hitting them two seconds or a second after they pass the puck, you're kind of taking yourself out of the play. And Petrie does a really good job of not doing that. There have been a number of times this year where I've watched him generate offensive chances after hitting a guy in, in the offensive zone, kind of on the forecheck or preventing the breakout, trying to get the, the puck back. Gets the puck back, creates an odd man rush, and, and gets a chance at the net, whether as a passer or a shooter. It's he, he really engages physically in a way that matters. It's not just throwing hits for the fun of it. I think uh, a couple of years ago, one of the things I criticized Will Cooley about was everyone was on him because he, he's this physical specimen. He, he loved to throw hits and he loved to shoot the puck. And while the, the shot was really good and the physicality was definitely uh, evident every time he watched him play, there were so many times where it would come after the play. It would come after the, the defender kind of passes the puck or moves the puck and and then he's taking himself out of the play. And with Petrie, you don't see that too often. I was looking at a OHL hits list uh, not too long ago, and he was the second or third overall hitter in the league, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he was the second, second top forward in hits, third in the league. So, man, like this guy is a physical presence. He understands how to play the game. 
with and without the puck. And I think that's the biggest thing is you kind of don't have that kind of player at the NHL level as often these days. So are we getting to a point where you're going to value those guys a little bit more, the functional physicality with the blend of skill, because that's becoming the unicorn. I think the reason everyone wants a Tom Wilson is because Tom Wilson's a guy that can do it all. He can play in your top six, play with a guy like Ovechkin or Nick Backstrom or any of those guys in the Washington top six work off their skill and still be able to be that physical presence. I'm not saying he needs to be a crazy person like Tom Wilson is at times, but Colson Petrie has a little bit of that in his game and brings that element that isn't quite common in the, in the pro game anymore. Yeah, those are amazing points, Tony. And I think that's why Petrie is probably a guy who gets drafted higher than a lot of sort of independent scouting agencies currently have him. I, I you know, look at like Zach Ostapchuk is, is a good example, right? Like he was somebody who was sort of ranked in that like third, um, you know, I would say late third round range, mid third round range. And the Senators ended up taking him quite early in the, in the second round. And he's developed quite well. And those types of players who are practical physical players, like you said, um, they are rare. And quite often when you have these power forward prospects at a younger age, they're not everything has kind of come together for them. They, they might be physical one shift, but then they don't know how to use that physicality to, to create offense. Um, they don't have the conditioning to maintain that physicality over the course of an entire game. Um, and a lot of times those types of intense, abrasive, physical players, especially at the forward position, don't tend to be the highest in terms of grading IQ, hockey sense, awareness, vision, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's one of Petrie's strengths. And I think that's where he does have a lot of value and is sort of that unicorn, like you mentioned, right? Uh, and Tom Wilson is, is another really good example because that was something watching Tom Wilson in the OHL that I think was very apparent um, for all the physicality that he brought and the unique sort of blend of skill and power that he brought. He was actually a really underrated playmaker and somebody who I thought really always made good decisions with the puck. And I kind of see that same thing in Petrie. Now, the big question is, you mentioned the skating is something that he needs to improve on. What's the biggest area of his game do you think he's going to need to take a step in before he gets to that next level? I think the biggest thing is just explosiveness, quickness linearly you know if you're going to play that power game i think you really need to be a top shelf linear skater just so that you can continue to apply that pressure against nhl players right it's going to work at the junior level because defenders aren't making as quick a decisions they're they're not as experienced right um but at the NHL level, the game moves so much faster so if you want to be a good four checker if you want to be somebody who is a, a practical physical player uh, again using that phrase that I think we should, I think you should coin it, Tony. Um, you have to be lightning quick and you have to be somebody who is able to apply pressure with speed. And Petrie, again, is a good skater. Um, I think there's just room for him to develop further in that area. Now, he's currently sitting in my middle mid-third round right now. Where do you think he ends up getting drafted? Uh, I would say I would be shocked if, if Petrie – Barring, you know, something happening in, in the OHL playoffs, maybe he has a really bad playoffs or, or something to that that extent. Um, but barring his current level of play, which is quite high, uh, I would say that he ends up being a, a top 50 pick. Um, I would be shocked if he's not somebody that gets picked in that, like, 35 to 45 range. Um, I think 
to a certain extent, I see similar sort of thing in what we talked about with Carson Raycroft, right? Like there's that really intriguing package of athleticism that Raycroft has, whereas Petrie has that very intriguing package of brains and brawn, which, which is very rare. And uh, those guys don't last long at the draft. They just don't. Yeah. NHL team loves NHL teams seem to love the guys that can do a little bit of everything, especially when they have that physical edge. So I won't be shocked if he's drafted kind of in that mid second round, like you mentioned there. Let's move on to our team of the week though. This week we're covering the New York Rangers prospects. And there's a couple of good ones in the OHL. We're going to start off with Brent Hoffman of the Peter Rowe Peets, formerly of those same Flint Firebirds. He's got 28 goals and 37 assists on the year for 65 points in 53 games. He's not been really kind of producing at the level we thought in Peterborough with just 41 points in 37 games with them. What is kind of your take on his game this year? And is he disappointing a little bit? Early in the year, we talked about him being an MVP candidate, and he's not really in that discussion. I think the biggest thing for me, especially post-World Juniors, has just been the consistency. I, I don't think he's been as consistent as we were seeing him at the beginning of the year. Um, and even towards the end of last year, I would say. Um, I think that that has been a big issue, not just for him, but for Peterborough in general. We've talked about this at length. And whether you want to blame Offman for being part of the issues with consistency that Peterborough has had, or whether you think it's more of like a team thing that's hurting Offman, um, you could argue probably both sides of the fence here. Both sides of the argument could be applied. But at the same time, this is somebody who is one of the better NHL prospects in the OHL. I think it's fair to say that we did have higher expectations for him this year. Uh, I thought that he would have been right up near the top of, of the OHL goal race at the very least. Um, and while he is up there, he's, he's certainly not nearly as high as I would have anticipated, especially given his hot start. And... I feel like he just hasn't really fit in extremely well in Peterborough. There doesn't seem to be a ton of chemistry with whoever plays with, with Brennan Hoffman. And I think the biggest thing is the playoffs. I think that if Brennan Hoffman and the Peets can pull things together in the playoffs, Hoffman has a fantastic playoff performance. Uh, all this is going to be forgotten. We won't be talking about, you know, uh, a disappointing second half with Peterborough, a disappointing post-World Juniors. We're not going to be talking about any of that. We're going to be talking about Offman dominating the OHL playoffs and possibly claiming a spot with the Rangers next year. But if the narrative is different and Peterborough loses in the first round, um, I think that changes how we view this season as a possible major disappointment. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. The playoffs is what I was going to bring up as well. If he can kind of bring out the style of game we've seen from him. He has that past ability. We've seen him kind of make a pass at the U18s, get hammered. The pass goes to a, a streaking Shane Wright who scores. He gets up and laughs in the defender that hammers him face, pats him on the head. That's the kind of stuff that we wanted to see from Brennan Hoffman this year. This kid has all the personality in the world, all the pest in the world that you'd want from a player with the skill and the goal scoring ability and the playmaking ability that you want from a player at the OHL level. This guy plays playoff hockey. If he makes that impact and kind of wills the piece to a series win or something like that, that could be the reason that could be the thing that kind of gets his, his stock to rise back up to where it was at the start of the year. Because as you mentioned, it has fallen and it's unfortunate because his start with the Flint Firebirds was really good. He had 24 points in 16 games, just over just about a 1.5 point per game clip. 
And now he's down to a 1.1 point per game clip with Peterborough right about there. So he's definitely kind of fallen off with Peterborough. It's the consistency, the, the chemistry, all those issues that you mentioned. It's certainly going to be interesting to kind of see where he levels off at in the playoffs because he is a guy that I thought, a lot of people thought, I think, would be fighting for a spot on the Rangers or at least kind of pushing them and making them make a hard decision next year in training camp. Yeah, and, and again, all will be forgotten if he has a good playoffs. I guess the, the thing that, that he does have going for him is a lot of the other higher-end prospects on Peterborough, like Owen Beck, like uh, Avery Hayes, who was traded there. Um, they haven't played incredibly well with Peterborough either. So, you know, are the New York Rangers going to be really, really uh, worried about Brennan Offman, even if he loses in the first round and, and doesn't play his best? I, I'm not necessarily convinced. Um, I'm sure they would have liked to have seen him have a better year, but uh, I think they'll probably still view him pretty highly. And I think generally speaking, the public should as well. All right, let's move on to the, the New York Rangers, other prospect in the OHL, Bryce McConnell Barker from the Sioux Greyhounds. He's got 74 points in 66 games, 25, 29 goals on the year, 44 penalty minutes into the plus five. What have you liked about his game and kind of what do you think about his game? I feel like every area of his game has improved drastically this year. And um, I think the biggest thing for him last year as a draft eligible guy was just that consistency, right? Um, he flashed a lot of high end skill, the shot, um, his ability to create space for his shot, um, the two way game. I think all of that was not consistent last year but it showed flashes. And I think this year he's managed to make it way more consistent. His shot totals are way up. He's generating offensive chances a lot more consistently. Um, and the Sioux, they're, they're not a great team. Uh, they're just not, they're in a rebuilding phase and he's taken the responsibility as a leader on that team to take some younger players under his wing too. And, and really make sure that that roster is going to progress moving forward. I mean, uh, they're still trying to host the Memorial cup next year. I would say, um, obviously we've talked about Saginaw being probably the favorite, but the Sioux could definitely be one of those teams that, that earns it as well. And McConnell Barker has had a really good year on a not so great OHL team. And I think that's sort of flying under the radar. I think when you look at the crop from last year, Matthew Quatra and, and McConnell Barker are two guys who I think really, really have improved a lot this year. Yeah, I'd agree with him, McConnell Barker's improvement this year. I think the the biggest thing I noticed about him is every time I, I seem to watch a Sue Greyhounds game, I go, oh, yeah, Bryce McConnell Barker's pretty good at hockey. He is the guy that I thought his playmaking ability was really underrated last year, and he's showing it off a little bit more this year, setting guys up in good positions, really use, utilizing his ability to draw players to himself and then get, get the puck out to a guy that's open. He's doing a lot more facilitating this year, and I think that's improved his ability to kind of get into better shooting spots. There's a lot to like about his game. Like you mentioned, the two-way game has really flourished this year and become consistent, and I think that was something that a lot of people mentioned as a strength of his game last year, and it's just kind of been the physical maturity as he's grown up a little bit, as he's aged, kind of understood where he needs to be in the OHL and how he needs to play in the league. That's kind of shone through a little bit, so I think – the development both physically and mentally have both been there this year, which has been a great sign. And at the end of the day, I think everyone coming into the year was going, Brent Hoffman's going to be the top scoring New York Rangers prospect in the OHL. And it's not, it's Bryce McConnell Barker, which may surprise some. Yeah. And I think that's a great thing for the Rangers organization to, 
for him to, to be developing the way that he is. And uh, I think that if he can just add maybe a little bit more of a physical component, I think that's the one thing missing from his game. It's just being a little bit harder on pucks, a little bit harder on players in his defensive end. Uh, I'm a little bit more physically aggressive in the offensive end to earn those touches. I think that's really the only thing that's that's truly missing from, from his game at this point. And I think that as he gets stronger, as he gets older, as he gains more experience, as the supporting cast around him develops, uh, I think we're going to see that happen. Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting to see this New York Rangers prospect group kind of flourish over the next couple of years because they're a really good young team that has a lot of really good prospects coming up through the system. But without further ado, I think we're done for today. We've covered a lot today. Covered Went into the OHL draft, OHL Cup, and kind of got things kick-started on the draft coverage for the OHL. We covered the three stars of the week, as we always do, the Rangers prospects, and dove into Colson Petrie's game. So uh, I think that's good for today. We thank everyone for listening. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review on any podcast platform you're listening to. Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, wherever you're at. We really appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next week.